by our friends at Heroes Media Group. I'm also, babe, and by the way, for we're, we're, we're early, early in this journey of our podcasting. So I'm going to do the Regis rule. For those of you who loved Regis and Kelly and Kathy Lee before her, Regis would always say, don't tell me anything. Don't tell me anything before the show starts. So I have like some surprises for you today. The first one is that uh, this show is not sponsored officially by Clean Juice, but we want it to be, right? And it's also not sponsored by Go Ruck, which is a shirt I'm wearing. It's also not sponsored by the Philadelphia Phillies, also a jersey that I'm wearing, but we want it to be. Just keep dreaming, babe. <laughs> okay, so here we go. So um, this is actually episode one. Hopefully you listened to our introductory episode. This is also, we're gonna be trying to look at this camera while looking at each other. Uh, this is going to be the first one we think we post on YouTube um, or by video format. We'll see. Uh, we are going to be talking today about the greatness of America and why we love America. But before we begin, I want to tell you my story of what happened to me today. Do you want to hear it? I do. You were. <laughs> that was kind of like, I'm not convinced. Well, okay. So pause for a second. I'm also the IT department for this whole get up right here. And I'm really focused on the fact that every time you turn your head this way, I can't hear you anymore. And then you turn this way and it's really loud. So. Okay. So I won't, I won't look at you, which is really hard because you're beautiful, but I'll just speak into the mic and look at you out of my side eye, which is really creepy. We're going to have to like figure this out. Okay. So what happened to me today here, I'm just going to do this. There you go. What happened to me today is I was at my favorite coffee shop um, called, well, I'm not going to say it out loud because we're probably going to get a lot of followers and they're going to stalk me there. We have like tens that and twenties. All right. But I'm at my favorite coffee shop, um, somewhere in the great state of South Carolina. And it's kind of a hipster coffee shop. And would you say that I'm a hipster? No, you do not have a man bun. You have no skinny <laughs> jeans. And I mean, you are a coffee snob, so that yeah. might qualify you, but not really. For reals. Okay. So the reason why I said that is this is definitely like a hipster location. And so they have these uh, glasses there that are very thin. So like if you get um, what I get is an iced uh, oat milk latte, typically I get it in a to-go cup, which is plastic. But today, you know, I'm a frequent there. And what do I do when I go to places? Do I like stay to myself? What do I do, babe? Oh, no, he chats it up. I chat it up with everybody. Yep. Um, I don't know why, really why I do that because I'm an introvert by nature. I don't know either because every time I'm looking behind us and there's like five people waiting in line and I'm just like, let's get the show on the road. <laughs> Jen's like more, it's like very strange in our relationship. Jen's more of a party animal than I am. That has, that's a derogatory phrase, I guess, <laughs> but like, she's not like out, you know, whatever. All right. I'm just going to stop there, but she just enjoys going to parties more. I really don't. I like staying home reading books, but like when we're at coffee shops or doctor's offices, mm -hmm. like I'm chatting people up. It's very yep. strange. Yeah. And I'm just like in and out. Let's do business and be done. So. Okay. So, so they know me there. So today they're like, Hey, we'll allow you to have like a for here, one of these thin glass, um, you know, iced coffee mugs or whatever. Not, it's not a mug. It's just very thin glass. So I go up to my perch cause it's got like an upstairs, right? I lay out which is, this will be if you you're, lay, you lay out. No, hold on. Don't interrupt oh. me. <laughs> this is like a constant in our relationship. <laughs> no, I do not lay out upstairs. <laughs> but next time I go, I'm going to want to. So I lay out all of my like mini little whiteboard things. All yes. right. Cause I'm planning my operations. We'll talk about that in a future podcast. Um, and I go to grab this um, for, you know, for here mug of thin glass and literally I crush it in my hand. Okay. So like I literally like Hulk smash the glass 
the coffee goes everywhere. Okay, I cut my fingers. I'm bleeding. And, like, it's all over my white shirt, and everybody sees it. This is why you have a Band-Aid on. That's why I have a Band-Aid on. Okay. So, it's so you only- cut your finger. Okay, I cut my finger. Okay. All right? But I was bleeding profusely <laughs> from that one cut. Okay. All right? And everyone, like, I'm so glad you were there. You would have been so embarrassed of me. All right? And <laughs> and everybody, like, we're in South Carolina, so everybody, like, helped me out. They, like, came to my rescue. Like, one guy came and, like, grabbed the laptop because the co- I've already spilled coffee on my laptop, like, I don't know, a year ago or earlier this year. And, um, like another lady like grabbed all my, like, you know, whiteboard stuff and like, oh man, I was so embarrassed. And so then, then the worst part of it is, is that my best friend there who works there, his name's Travis. He's mm-hmm. the guy I chat up all the time. Mm-hmm. And he like, has been like impressed with me. Cause he's like, dude, like, man, I'm so impressed by Arca justice and your service for our country. And so he is the guy that comes up the stairs with the mop and he's like, oh, you will. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> It had to be you, Travis. It had to be you. The one time they let you have a for here month. The one never time. Never again. Ne- no, seriously, and never before. And, and never again. And so I shot like a little video with Travis, you know, which if we had our act together and we were like super high speed, we could like insert the 30 second video. But basically I'm on probation for a year but there. Had they administered first aid yet before the video or were you just bleeding? Through the um, they had administered first aid. So one of the great South Carolinians had brought me a bandaid. <laughs> okay well i'm really glad you're okay (laughs) there was a lot of blood (laughs) all right okay (laughs) all right so let's talk about is there anything you want to talk about your day i mean i had a coffee experience as well today okay Um, go for it there was no need for first aid but i feel like i reached another level because i was in the drive-thru and you know some drive-thrus i don't know if other people know this. Some of them, you know, there's cameras, they can see you, right? Other ones, they, they can't see you, they can only hear you. And I wasn't sure if this person could see me or hear me, but I was pretty sure I knew the employee who was working there. Mm-hmm. I could tell by his voice. And so I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's Hunter. And so I had been through this drive through before, and we kind of joked about the fact that my drink order is a little bit high maintenance. Just a little oh, bit. Oh, it's not a little bit. I mean, it's a little tricky. It's a lot. But it's all within the rules. I mean, they the, the coffee shop has all the proper buttons for my custom order, so it can't be that bad. But anyway, I started talking, and the whole time I'm wondering, does he see me? Does he know it's me? By the time I got to my one-third decaf part of my order, he even, goes... I don't even know what that means. <laughs> what, what? There is no such thing as one-third decaf. Well, there decaf. is, and there's a button for it. There is not. There is. It's, okay, you're a smart guy. One third decaf. It's sort of self-explanatory. There's three shots. One of them is going to be decaf. The other two are going to be regular. I think they just tell you that there's a button for that. <laughs> just because I, I think that when somebody like you comes third through, I understand half calf, but when somebody yeah, it can't be half calf. Why there's don't three you shots. why don't you ask next time for like five ace? If and, I no. and if they say yes that there is that button, then you know that they're lying to you about oh. the one third button. All right, but, In but fact, continue. The first time continue. I ordered and I said one third decaf, he goes, wow, not many people know about that option. And oh, I was like, I do. So anyway, I got to it this time. I said, this, you know, the first part of my order. And then I said one third decaf and he goes, Jen. And I just felt like, you know what? I have arrived. Uh, my really complicated drink order. Now someone knows it. They know me by name and I just feel so seen. So that was my day. My speculation is you're a beautiful woman and Hunter doesn't know you're married. No, so because he couldn't see me. He no, but they, they can see you. And Hunter's married and you know him. I don't know him. You do. I know no one named Hunter. Kara's husband. Kara who? From church. I still don't know The who youth that pastor. Is. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> now I feel bad. Sorry, Kara. <laughs> I didn't know his name was Hunter. I was Hunter. trying not to use last names. So. I honestly don't really trust many people named Hunter. Oh, he's so, great. But so. I guess that Hunter. And he gets my drink right every time. So anyway, we're like now eight minutes into our day. <clears throat> That's okay. That have revolved around coffee. So. That's okay. The peop- This is what the people want. The 10s and 20s, mm-hmm. they want to get to know us. Okay. okay, so I'm having like an allergic reaction to something in this room. So I'm going to let you begin uh, on saying like, why do you love America? Because, so this is going to be probably two episode podcast, maybe even more. Um, we'll see. But, you know, if you know the Austin family for a day, you're going to know that we love America. Oh, so let me just talk about this. I'm going to talk about this for less than a minute. This is this fired me up. So I walk around my neighborhood oh. on prayer walks um, with a ruck on my back, which is just a ruck is a weighted backpack for those of you who don't know. And occasionally I will carry an American flag. Occasionally. Occasionally. Not every time. And so, you know, our neighborhood, I don't know how many homes are in our extended neighborhood, maybe like 75 or so. I don't know. I don't know. But it's not, it's not like 15. No. All right. It's large. It's large. large. And so, you know, I've kind of become known as like that retired old soldier who carries uh, a flag with the with the rock. And what else? Well, why don't you describe it? Because I don't want to say anything inappropriate. <laughs> so you just say how. It, yeah, because our podcast is rated clean. So we maybe we won't say the official name of what you're wearing. But let's just say there are very short shorts that he does just to like, I don't know, take him back to the good old days of military training. I have no idea. But I try and keep my distance whenever he's walking and ask me to join him. I just sort of fall behind a little bit. But yeah, so anyway, carry on. I wear those short shorts because you like them and mm. you know it, even though you cannot publicly admit it. All right, so um, I'm walking around yesterday, which was a Sunday, and uh, you know, one of my neighbors stops me and is like, hey, have you heard about the HOA, the Homeowners Association, ban on American flags on homes? And of course I hadn't because I don't have a personal Facebook account. I guess it was like she said it was all the rage in the Facebook account, but um, the, the Facebook page for our community. And so she told me about it. So basically what it boils down to. So I've done a little investigation last 24 hours okay. and our HOA doesn't ban American flags, but they require you to like get approval from them to fly, to attach an American flag to your house or fly an American flag on your property, which I think is completely wrong. Um, I understand them having rules, these bureaucrats having rules about other uh, flags flying, but not the American flag. The American flag, nobody can tell me if I can fly an American flag or if I can not fly an American flag on my house. This is America. The American flag symbolizes everything that we stand for. And by the way, that HOA would not be able to be in business without the ideas that that American flag stands for. I agree, 100%. Okay, so I have basically launched Operation Old Glory, which we'll talk about in a future episode too. We can give updates on it. But I have already gone to buy uh, three more American flags that I am placing around my home. We already have one out there. And I dare you, HOA, to find me. I'm going to continue <laughs> to post patriotic memorabilia and American flags. And for those like watching now on the podcast, I'm literally crying, not because I love America so much, although I would cry over that. It's because I'm having some kind of terrible allergic reaction. Okay. So why don't you start us off? I might need to go get a Zyrtec here. Yeah. We might need to insert a little pause right here. So we're just going to pause for a second and we'll be right back. All right. Wow. We're back. I had to do like a full flush of my eyeballs. And I think what happened is because I was wearing a Phillies jersey, which I'm totally allowed to do because I was born in the city of Philadelphia, city of brotherly love, proud of that. Didn't grow up there, though. Um, my 
family moved to southwestern Connecticut. My dad worked in New York City for over 20 years in Manhattan. So I'm a Yankees fan. So I feel like what happened, Jen, is the ghost of Yankees past saw that I was wearing a Phillies jersey. Mm -hmm. And they attacked me. And they caused an allergic reaction. That's highly likely. I, I'm, yeah. I'm like I'm like convinced. So Lou Gehrig, Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth, Joe DiMaggio, I apologize to you. I now have a Yankees hat. The Phillies jersey is gone, so we should be able to continue. <laughs> All right. Enough of, enough of this nonsense. We've talked about coffee and baseball which is all things that we love and and you are studio or not our studio audience you don't have a studio audience but that would be amazing um maybe <laughs> maybe someday but you are listening audience of i think we're up to seven faithful listeners now we have to give you what we what you want and what you want is why we love america so jen why don't you kick us off and let's get into the serious now that we've done the silly okay so why do I love America? I, I actually have a point I'm about to make, but I just want to do like a 1A first. And that is because we were talking about coffee and baseball. Um, one of the reasons I love America is actually pretty simple. It's just sort of all the small towns USA across the nation where people just get together and celebrate things all the time, whether it's special holidays or, um, you know, I think of like Veterans Day and Memorial Day and, and all, the, all the holidays, the, the the obvious things, but then also just Sunday afternoons and suppers on the back patio and barbecues and country music and all the things that are kind of Americana. I just love that we have the freedom to do that. And so that's just sort of a 1A. I don't think we need to talk a lot about that. I think a lot of people love that exact thing. Yeah, about the, America. the feel good holidays. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So my first thing, first real point that comes to mind is that America is a nation where a single person can rise up and effectuate change. I think this is rare, um, especially in other countries across the world that are not, you know, democratic countries that have more oppressive leadership and dictatorships, things like that. Not that there aren't people that rise up and, and do amazing things in those countries, but I think that our nation is built in such a way that it encourages that and promotes that in our society. And so um, just as an example, I'm thinking also specifically that women can do this because we've been many places around the world and sadly there are a lot of nations that are very oppressive towards women. And so right. I think it's pretty awesome that um, even women have stood up and effectuated change so that, you know, we could vote and do all those amazing things. But also just um, people that rise up and make a difference on a large scale level. And so the person I'm thinking of when I say that and it comes to mind is Senator Elizabeth Dole. And we'll talk more about EDF, uh, the Elizabeth Dole Foundation, on future episodes, so I won't go into the history of all that. But the thing I, I think... I predict that's going to be one of the best episodes ever. Oh, maybe, maybe. That's what I predict. Um, but I think about her story, and if you do want to hear more, you should go to the Elizabeth Dole Foundation website and just... Look at her bio there because there's more than I have time to mention. But I am impressed just with the fact that she sees a problem and then she just goes after it. And she throws all of the resources and connections and networks she has towards that problem. And I think that is sort of a template for people in America. It's like on even on tiny levels, like microscopic levels, someone can see a problem in their neighborhood and like gather some neighbors together and, and fix up, you know, even our neighborhood, there's actually an old historic cemetery in our neighborhood and someone figured out that it, it was overgrown and needed cleaning up. And so they gathered a few neighbors and they did it. I mean, it can be on a small level like that, or it can be on a national level. 
like Senator Dole. And I don't even know if you know this, babe, but when she was Secretary of Transportation, she did something called the trifecta, which basically helped put the drinking age to 21. She was thinking about drinking and driving as a major issue. Oh, wow. Um, And then helped with safety belt laws and airbags being in cars. And they actually have said that by doing that, she's that that trifecta of legislation and laws um, has saved 500,000 people to date and projected 20,000 a year going into the future every Un- year. Unbelievable. Right. So this is just like a, okay, this is a perfect example of someone who saw a problem, rallied her people together, her network and her resources, and made a big difference. So that's my number one reason. One citizen making a change. And I actually, if you'd known me a day or a hundred days or 10,000 days, you know, I love quotes. So there's a quote for this. So we're, we're going to go back to one of my favorites, Teddy Roosevelt. And this was toward the end of his uh, career. So this is post-presidency. So this is in 1910. He gave a speech called Citizenship in a Republic in France. Got to teach the Frenchies a little bit about how to be a good citizen. And, you know, there, there's a lot of famous quotes that people know, like the man in the arena. That's a quote from that speech. But um, I encourage everyone to look it up. Citizenship in a Republic by Teddy Roosevelt, Paris, France, April 23rd, 1910. It's very long. Uh, it must have taken him at least an hour to deliver it. And here's a, here's a nugget in that speech uh, that goes to your point. So he says, in the long run... Success or failure will be conditioned upon the way in which the average man, the average woman, does his or her duty. First in the ordinary, everyday affairs of life, and next in those great occasional crises which call for heroic virtues. The average citizen must be a good citizen if our republics are to succeed. The stream will not permanently rise higher than the main source, using a river analogy. Again, the stream will not permanently rise higher than the main source. And the main source of national power and national greatness is found in the average citizenship of the nation. And that goes to your point. Elizabeth Dole, now some would say, well, she wasn't an average citizen, but at a, at a time she was an average citizen. And uh, she became a great citizen because she, she became involved, her and Senator Bob Dole both did. Um, but it goes to Teddy's point that, you know, we don't need to be a national leader in order to effectuate change in America. The average person, you and I uh, in this room, uh, you know, our listening audience, uh, may, maybe we are not public figures, but we are the ones who Teddy Roosevelt says can make a difference, citizenship in a republic. You know, I actually have a great story for this because you're right. I was thinking about that going, you know, some people might be like, well, of course she effectuated change when she was secretary of transportation. Like that's her job. But my point really was that she's just the type of person that sees a problem and then finds a solution. And I think there's many, many people all over this country that are doing that, that are never seen, right? They're just kind of hidden, they're doing it and they're making changes in their communities. I actually met this young woman and I hopefully in the show notes, I can put a link to this because this this just came to my mind. So I don't have all the information off the top of my head. This is a fresh uh, kind of introduction that it's, I just made. In the Latin, we call this sua sponte yes, of your own accord. Yeah. So I met this young lady and she was doing social media for uh, 
you know, an organization. She was just doing stuff. She happened to be in the same room as me. We started chatting it up. She asked my story, and then I said, you know, tell me, tell me about your story. How'd you get connected here? How are you living here in, in D.C.? And she proceeded to tell me that she had gone, bounced around in foster care uh, her whole life. She actually had a twin sister she was separated from. Uh, her twin sister got adopted and she did not. And that particularly broke my heart because I have twins and I can't imagine them being separated like that. But what she did once she was sort of going through the system, you know, uh, got out of the system and then realized I I really want to like turn my life around and do something. And again, I'm going to find the link and put it in the show notes because I don't want to butcher it, but, but sort of fast forward to the end of the story. And she is now, leading something called a dream in a suitcase. Wow. And she, her clip has gone viral. She did like a little clip telling her story and the atrocities of what happened to her when she was in foster care. You can only imagine. Yeah. And how she now is providing suitcases for kids in foster care um, and people, you know, f- coming out of foster care that are, are trying to, you know, fulfill their dreams and move on to something bigger and better. And she's kind of now gone viral and people are picking up on her story and everything. But the whole point of it is she took something that was horrific in her life, seemingly in the worst possible position to make any sort of influence, right? She's sort of, um, she really was being oppressed in so many ways by the circumstances in her life. And she rose above those. She has an amazing attitude. She really exudes um, positivity and sort of inspires all these people like, hey, if I can rise out of my situation, turn it around and make something beautiful out of it, so can you. And I think that is something in America that we see all the time if we t- will take the time to look for it, right? If we will look around the, around us, ask people their stories and go, wow, you came out of nothing and you made something huge and beautiful that have impacted all these people. So again, I will get you the information on her. We could maybe even interview her sometime because it's an amazing story. I know I didn't do it justice, but I I really was trying to get to the bottom line of overcoming. Well, yeah. And I mean, so that is why it's great. That's why we love America, because literally in the history of our nation, we're going on almost 250 years now. There's millions of stories like that, mm-hmm. like literally millions of stories of and uh, what Teddy Roosevelt said, an average man or an average woman, an average citizen, quote unquote. And of course, they're extraordinary. You know, he's just making a point that, you know, you don't have to be president of the United States. You don't have to be a multimillionaire. You don't have to be a public figure. You can make a difference where you are in your radius. Or as I like to say, there's concentric circles of influence and leadership emanating out for you. And all concentric circles means is that there's a center and then there's a small circle and the circles get bigger. Um, so this is wonderful. You want to switch gears? You want to talk about another reason why you love America without an A? America. America. I think really that that's probably the main two points I have for today. I know we're going to do another episode where we do some rapid fire. I think what I just want to end on is just, I think America is a place of second chances. I think that I have seen time and time again people um, come out of their situations because our the way that we are set up allows for that, and it allows for redemption, and I think that is a beautiful thing because, again, traveling around the world, seeing the circumstances that people are in, sometimes you don't get to see a lot of redemption out there um, because it's the way governments are set up is very oppressive, oppressive and keeping people low and down and less than. And so to me, 
it's a land of second chances and redemption. And I think, I think that's something that could actually go into a whole nother episode another time. Yeah. So we'll just kind of give a, we'll give a preview of that because, um, we try and keep these to, uh, no more than 35 minutes, 38 minutes or less. So of course we can't, uh, tackle some of the intense issues like slavery and racism, um, that are part of our nation's storyline. Uh, but, but again, it's, you know, do we embrace a negative narrative, uh, or do we look at the full context of our nation? And so I'm going to turn to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, for a quote here, because of course he is one of our nation's great heroes, um, you know, leading our country into the civil rights movement and just, just truly, truly an amazing man and what he did in our nation, um, with eliminating segregation, uh, man, when was that? Was that the sixties? I believe that was the 1960s. So we are a generation and a half roughly away from that. So Dr. King said, when the architects of our Republic wrote the magnificent words of the constitution and the declaration of independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men, as well as white men would be guaranteed the unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So, you know, what, what a promissory note means is that, well, it's actually just exactly that. It's a, it's a promise. So uh, when the founders drafted the Declaration of Independence, they actually, many of them tried to eradicate slavery, uh, and they, they were um, thought leaders in a time when no other country had eradicated slavery. So all countries around the world that had slavery at that time, but they knew, they knew in their social consciousness that it was a grievous wrong and they tried, but they didn't succeed. But they wrote the Declaration of Independence in such a way that said, listen, this will go away. They built in mechanisms for it to go away. And as the constitution did, that was ratified in 1787. Um, and so we'll get into that in a future podcast. But what I want to close with on that, because um, this is a very, very complex issue, uh, rife with a, a lot of emotions. And we're going to have we're going to have black people on here on this podcast in the Absolutely. future. Uh, our friend, I think about our friend Will Ford. Um, I would like him to come on here. He's a thought leader. He's a co-author of The Dream King uh, Dreamstream Company. I'd love to have him and Matt Lockett on. We don't have time to tell their story, but it's a black man and white man who um, have walked through racial reconciliation. Their story is one of the most remarkable that I've ever heard in my entire life. We're going to have them on. I w- I'm not going to name their name because I haven't asked them permission, but we know of a just a beautiful, intelligent, extremely successful and amazing uh, mixed race couple that we're mm-hmm. friends with from yep. Virginia. I would like yep. to have them on. Um, so we're, we're going to have some guests on here and, and I want to say that we want to dive into the hard issues, uh, heart issues and hard issues. And so just hang with us. Like if we say something that offends you or that you're like, oh, well you didn't talk about this. Well, just hang with us. Like we want to dive into these things and do it well with, with civility, um, and a tender heart and compassion and empathy and truth, speaking the truth in Mm -hmm. love. So I'm going to clo- I'm going to close uh, th- on this narrative thought with this, um, and this is from the 1776 Unites website, uh, which is led by a black man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it says uh, the legacy of slavery is not what determines the fundamental character of our country, unless we choose for that to be so. 
The narrative of many individuals who believe the United States ought to be defined more by her moral failings than by her moral triumphs and aspirations tend to be one that de-emphasizes our nation's proven ability to overcome these moral failings. The heart of American history is diminished in doing so, but it is what we choose to emphasize in our history that reflects on our culture and in the stories we tell ourselves that determine how we relate to this country and what is possible for us within it. And one of the things that you and I, so that's the end quote, one of the things that you and I uh, talk about a lot, Jen, is if we do not extricate ourselves from the endless cycle of complex negative narratives surrounding our nation's history, we will inadvertently abdicate our role in her redemptive storyline. Absolutely. And so that's what we want to focus on. We want to focus on the arc of redemption. It's not Pollyannish. It's not discounting any of the grievous and heinous moral sins um, that have been committed under the name of the United States government. We're not saying those aren't a big deal. What we're saying that it makes America exceptional in the history of the world is that despite those things that have happened, we still have a redemptive arc in our storyline. We have set up in our founding ideology a way to heal the wounds that have caused just grievous, grievous harm. We, we have a way to bind up our nation's wounds. I think actually Abraham Lincoln said that um, maybe in the second inaugural address, so I'll have to look that up. But we are excited. I, I, hope, I hope we haven't offended you, but... Um, Jen's always worried that I'm, I'm offending people. Did I, how did I do? Was this okay? No, I think you did great. And I think that point at the end, I know we're about to close is just really important because by focusing on that redemptive arc in the storyline, I mean, that's exactly why we're doing these podcasts. These two in particular right now, this two part series of why we love America is we really want to start shining a light on that thread that runs throughout history so that people's paradigms can start shifting towards unity. So all right, so what I'm going to do next, uh, so part three about why we love America, um, or another episode, I don't even know what we're on now, I never do math in public, as one of my friends tells me, um, is I'm going to do the Flame of Liberty. I'll probably do that solo, which means it's not going to be as good of a podcast because it will not have the better half here, but Sorry, guys. Um, we will also get Jen to do several podcasts by herself, so it all evens out in the end. All right, hey, thanks for listening. Tell your friends, fight in the shade. <laughs>